0: south college and kia of auburn.com kia of auburn where you're always number one and the number to uh, there's the, they're also the sponsor of our hotline and the number to get
1: you through is 334-321-1390 you can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at southeastern industrial contractors that's dan how you doing man I'm doing okay. I'm sitting down. so it's Yeah, well, I, know. I, I thought you were going to continue. I thought you were just going to stand up for the show. I no, I was going to try to help uh,
0: keep it a little So you're not here. a fan of the uh, stand-up desk?
1: I just wondered. No, why would anybody prefer to stand up?
0: There are a lot of people that do. A lot of people that do. My, my I, 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 I believe the, uh, the daughter-in-law is looking for a stand-up desk, and quite a few of the folks that work uh, around our offices have been fans of that. It's like, look, i got a bad knee, a bad hip, and I'm old. And, and I'm lazy. Some people, would say, lazy. So some people I mean, would say that's I, from
1: sitting, but, you know. Well, that's what I mean, and case, I'm lazy. And I'm
0: lazy. I don't have a bad hip from sitting. I don't have a bad knee from right. sitting. Well, no, I mean, people would say, though, like, you know what I mean? Like that's, standing does not help either, I can tell you that. I'm no scientist. I don't know, I don't know the science. Well, I, I can tell you for it, a fact. Standing, standing still. I mean, maybe if, maybe if we could, you know, sort of add a treadmill to it or something. Or, no, I don't, I don't want a treadmill, but, I mean, where I could move a little bit, but no, no. Uh, all right, that's Dan. I'm Bill Justin Ferguson. I mentioned Hello. from the Auburn Observer also with us. How, how's it going, Justin? I'm doing all
2: right. Doing all right. Uh, it's uh, it's just been an interesting week already. And then the Georgia game this weekend. You know, a lot can a lot can uh, be shifting here. Very looking very quickly. for some possible demolition yeah. this, this weekend. Huh? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I maybe. think a
0: lot of people are are thinking that that could be the case. There could be a demolishment. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that a word? No, Demolishment? I don't, I, no, I don't think dem- demolishing.
1: Yeah, I think demolishment's a combination of a couple of words. I like said, that though. But if
0: you demolish something, what is the act of I de- think demolishing is it's is a, a demolishing. I believe I, I think, believe, yeah. I, I believe but, I but, but it seems like there should be a word for uh-huh. it. It Demolishment is a makes sense. I mean,
2: if, if we're making up, if we're, look, look it up. We're look, I believe it is. If
1: we're acknowledging and That's ma- extra points. If we're acknowledging made up words, um, I believe I complimented ca- Brian Harson's stoicity last week. On the show, which can't—that yeah. can't possibly be right. No, I, I don't. I think I think, demo- I think right.
0: demolishment is much more likely a word sto- than
2: stoicity. Sto- 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 ah.
1: Stoicity. It's like something the Ultimate Warrior would have That's said. Elasticity during one, his, during one of his
2: promos. Yeah, there's a couple things. Stoicness going. is an easier sto- word. Stoicness. Yeah, they have I, think, that one. I
1: think it's stoicism, right? Is what you'd be it was was what you'd be looking for there? But I don't know. Sto- yeah, stoic- or stoicness, stoic-ness yeah. are stoicness and stoicism sort of this has become a grammar? This has become a grammar show. Let's move I on.
2: I think stoic- stoicism is also like a philosophy, right? Yeah. It very well
1: could be.
0: You know, but you know what we're, I was We're going. about?
2: We're about to lose our caller. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, let's.
0: We, we, we'll continue with our English lesson for the day. Uh, but first, let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And G is up right here off the top of the show. Hey, G. All right.
3: How are y'all doing today?
0: Uh, doing all right.
3: Good, good. Well, yesterday I was listening, and I don't call in very often, but this time I felt like I needed to call in. Um this is after some comments from Miss April who uh
0: She got things going yesterday, there's no question about that.
3: She did she I, the biggest thing if some people did not listen, you know, what she was talking about was why would a coach wanna to come to Auburn. Right. And if you'll get second here, I'll tell you why a coach would want to come to Auburn. And, and it's a great university, great college town. It still has a small-town and I hope April's listening, to. It um, has a championship history. Um, and, you know, we could have had a whole lot more national championships like Alabama did if we wanted to add some, but we didn't do it. Um, one of the better fan bases in college football, Jordan Hare is uh, one of the toughest places to play for a visiting team when we got game. Uh, and when we get the Football Performance Center, Completed, I think it will give these uh, these young men one of the best facilities to prepare for the NFL. If that's a possibility, you know, if they have that capability, there we have we got the financial backing to be successful, uh, to bring more national championships to Auburn, and and we have tradition. So, uh, and and you
0: you left out something else. Auburn will pay very well.
3: And I mean, Auburn will pay very yes. well,
0: which is it's it,
3: yes, and and so she accused y'all of of calling for harsh and firing. And like I said, I listened to you guys. I haven't heard that from y'all. Now, I, what I have heard are facts that that can and will probably lead to his firing. I've heard that kind of thing, just facts. And and I and again, April Miss April, if you're listening, if if we are ranked right around number. 53, I believe it it was. Mm -hmm. And then if you've, uh, you know, in your last power five games, plus the Houston game, in the second half, and I know you guys have said that, but it needs repeating, in the second half only, Auburn's offense has 26 punts, eight turnovers, and three touchdowns, is now 12 for 61 on third down conversions, including four for 29 in the fourth quarter. That Miss
1: April will get you fired at all. You know, GI, G- G- I, w- I went in a different direction at through- a lot of other places. Yeah, yeah. I-, I went in a different direction right after April's call because I was thinking it's it's almost understandable to me if you think Brian Harson deserves or needs more time before you're ready to proclaim that this thing should be ended, and or you think uh, enough of Brian Harson that you think this thing could be turned around if Brian Harson is given enough time. I-, I think you're entitled to that opinion. I, I, mean, I hadn't even I hadn't even considered the notion though. I hadn't even considered the notion that you know you should keep Brian Harson because Auburn's not going to be able to hire a satisfactory coach if you let Brian Harson go cuz cuz that's it seems ridiculous on its on its
3: face. Oh, I oh, I I think it's so. I think so too. I think uh, uh, you know and and maybe uh you know the powers that be will come together on this. We got people now that who know Auburn um, I, I think when the last hire occurred for, for Brian Arson, the people that hired him, I don't think they knew who Auburn was. So how could they hire somebody who they felt like was good for Auburn if they didn't even know Auburn?
0: I think that that's, that's a great point. That's a great point, G, and and that uh, um, Stephen Leith was, was about as far removed from having a clue about uh, Southeastern Conference and athletics, and then Alan Green. I mean, I can understand, and I sort of, I, I tried to sort of explain this yesterday. I can understand why. I mean, um, to Alan Green and to a lot of people. I mean, I, I was extremely impressed with Brian Harson uh, at his opening press conference. You talk about winning a press conference, and he still Justin. Monday, I mean, he's as good in front of the camera as anyone and says everything, yep. apparently. It, it sounds right, it looks right, but it's the facts of what's going on right. and off the field that's a big concern.
2: Yeah, I mean, Auburn's 108th in the country right now in scoring offense. That's That one right there will, will, will says a lot. But I think the other thing to keep in mind is that this is a results-oriented business and also... With the transfer portal, with the amount of money involved, especially if you are a member of the Big Ten or the SEC, the amount of money you have at your disposal now, there's going to be a there's going to be a big um, there's going to be a huge amount of pressure to perform quicker. But just take for example, look at some of the coaches that were hired at the same time as Brian Harson, the same cycle. Kansas was the worst team oh, in in not power even five close. by a long shot. They're currently undefeated and hosting College Game Day this weekend with Lance Leipold in charge. Tennessee under uh, under Josh Heupel has moved themselves into a top ten team in the same amount of time it has with Auburn going and and they were in much
0: they were in a much worse situation than Auburn was much had
2: and they and you know people have talked about the
0: number of players that left Auburn. It was re- um, unbelievable all the players that were, uh, you know, left Tennessee when Hypo was hired.
2: You feel like Texas is moving in the right direction. You feel like South Carolina is moving in the right direction. I'll give you another example: Illinois under Brett Bielema has really has really made an impact there in the Big Ten West in, in a short amount of time. I mean, these are these are all teams that by year two you're seeing signs of progress. You're mm-hmm. seeing signs of growth. In some cases, huge growth. And and I get it, like. Brian Harson inherited a roster that had issues. He inherited an offensive line issue that is currently Auburn's biggest problem, and it's their biggest thing that's standing, them, <laughs> standing in their way this season. But,
0: you know... What was done to, to try Brian, to remedy that?
2: Yeah, if Brian Harson isn't Auburn's head coach by the end of the year, you can say, well, less than two seasons is not a lot of time. It's like, but now... With the portal, with the way college football is going, it is, it is, it is. It, you've got to show progress. There's got to be a proof of concept. And I'll give you another example. Not, a guy who's been there a little bit longer, but two weeks ago, Auburn played Missouri here. And there was a lot of angst about what's going on with Eli Drinkwitz and, and Missouri. But what has Missouri been able to do? They were able to point to people like Luther Burden and then be like, okay, recruiting, we're getting to where we need to be in recruiting. Auburn can't point to that right now either. So if the on-field product is taking a step backwards, and you can't offer the offer something in terms but the of future like, looks, yeah, yeah, the, mm-hmm. it's it's hard. It's it, right. it's hard because, yeah, I mean, Harson was in a tough situation, and you know, not not all the problems he has are, are ones of his own making. No, no, you're right. I mean, but,
0: COVID. I mean, but, not, not having relationships.
1: Right. Show show me a coach somewhere who had it going in the wrong direction in year two and turned it around. In in major college football. Like, show me it's, someone who was going in the wrong direction. And, and even Dabo took over at midseason. So technically, like, year yeah, three. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right, Dan. I mean,
0: usually, it maybe it's status quo for a couple of years, but they're usually bringing in talent it, that you feel like, oh, down the road, this is really going Here's help. a
2: stat. If Brian Harson loses this weekend to Georgia, he will have a losing record at Auburn. Right. The last time a coach had a losing record at any point in year two of his tenure at Auburn was Doug Barfield. Like they like there this doesn't Auburn is a place where you win a whole lot more than you lose Mm -hmm. usually. And so when you get to this point, it's like, or what are you pointing people to? What are what are people gonna say about like, okay, you need to buy buy you know, believe in him, you need to like because your roster is not going to be as talented next season your recruiting is not heading in the right direction and the on-field product is suffering it's like yeah it's not a lot of time but what do you do with the time that you got here that's that's the ultimate thing it's a tough decision and it's a tough business but you know that's we see other places in the country where you're where you're getting it in year 2 great stuff G appreciate the call let's get one more before
0: our first break and Ed is up next hey Ed
4: Hey, guys, how are y'all doing?
0: Doing all right.
4: Uh, uh, Listen, I wanted to say one thing to April, if you still out there or listening. You know, please don't feel like people are jumping on you or, you know, your opinion is just that, uh, uh, you know, like Greg said, uh, 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 there are certain things that Brian Harson had no control over. Mm -hmm. But there are certain things, when you hear – high school coaches all over this state and it's some of the high schools where some of the you know kids are and and he's not even going now that's 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 on him okay he Mm -hmm. doesn't understand what this is and and he doesn't want to do it that way okay but you know nobody's I hope he calls back. Uh, you know, I'm sorry if I sounded sharp yesterday about it, but 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 it's just it's just, it's the truth. And like the last call, you've got to do recruiting, and you've got to give your you've got to get your kids better ready. And we've seen. I, I think we. I just still don't think we've got the best 22 guys that are playing every game, and. Yeah, I mean, you know what we just saw with Landon King just got fed up with it, and you know said, "Well, I'll check out the next year." You know, um, I don't think he's utilized. I, I know I can't remember who it was. Y'all had was it just just who you? Got?
0: It was Jason oh, yesterday, and yeah, I heard I heard you call a little earlier, Ed. You you may have misunderstood. All I said was. They played a lot of young receivers. I sure don't think that they're getting the most out of those guys. No, they're, they're putting them on the field, but they're not targeting the guys for the for the most part.
4: Yes, sir. And I remember us talking earlier, you know, talking about this, and Camden Brown was a name that, you know, I kept bringing up, and you knew, of course, of him. But, you know, anyway, I just wanted to make sure if April's listening, to let her know to call back and nobody's – You
0: know, jumping on Oh, we welcome everybody's opinion, Ed. Ed. Good hearing from you, Ed. Yes, sir. All right, we'll get to our first break. Scott Bagwell, uh, the Auburn High School Tigers are off this week. Uh, The number one team in the state in 7A with a big win over arch rival Opelika last week. We'll get get an update, look back at last week's game, and look ahead to the uh, closing stretch of the season as we continue here on the Thursday Drive.
5: Now's the perfect time to get more and spend less with Wow Mobile powered by Reach. Bundle it with Wow Internet and get both for as low as twenty four ninety nine a month. Switch and save at Huawei.com. Wow. Available to Wow Internet customers. Subject to change. Mobile services provided by Reach Mobile. Reach Mobile terms apply on the drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at espnau.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at thedrive@espnau.com. Welcome
0: back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson, watch it. I'm going to call him Justin Wilson now. Now that we're talking about Justin. We're, now they're probably they're most 95 percent of the people out there have no idea who I'm talking about. The old Cajun um, comedian slash uh, chef, but uh, it's Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. But I'm I'm sure it's going to happen. It's going to be like when I was doing baseball and way back in the day, and, and Auburn had a shortstop by the name of Rock Will, uh Yeah, Rock Wilson. And we got the news that, that 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 day, Rock Hudson had passed away. And I called oh. Rock Wilson, Rock Hudson, the whole game. I, I it's think like one of those things, you get it in your head yeah. and you can't get it out.
1: The first year that Dylan... Cardwell was on the team. It was always tough to Caldwell, talk to talk yeah. to Jason Caldwell Cal- right. about Dylan Cardwell without getting that one mixed up every uh, every, every once in a while. Well, that's but,
0: good. We're going from Cardwell to Caldwell. Let's go to Bagwell. Scott Bagwell, the uh, the voice. Yeah, a little segue. A little little uh, the voice of the Auburn High School Tigers joining us here on the drive. Scott, how's the uh, uh, how's the open date week going?
6: I, I, I'm not going to complain.
0: Um, it's always, it's always
6: nice to have a weekend, uh, to relax and not have to worry about anything. And and the university teams away. So even more of a weekend, just kind of kick back and, uh, just watch everything on TV.
0: And, and it's surely not a bad time to have an open date, uh, when you're the number one team in the state and, uh, and, and you sort of have your way with your arch rival.
6: Yeah, uh, the second half for Auburn. I know last week I said the first half for Ramsey uh, against Ramsey was the best half that Auburn High has played. The second half against Opelika is the best half that Auburn High School has played. And it happened after Auburn steals a tie at the end of the first half. Mm -hmm. Uh, Opelika outplayed Auburn in the first half. Uh, Auburn coaching staff sets up a fantastic fake field goal. The kids execute it to perfection. They tie it up and then in the second half just run away from Opelika and really kind of demit themselves as a state title contender and um, and set up for the game next week to be just absolutely massive.
0: Yeah, you, you really, it is a perfect time for an open day when you've got uh, games against Opelika and Central here to be able to, you know, go ahead and put that one behind you, try to get everybody as healthy as possible and, and really get ready for for next week's clash.
6: Yeah, and also you get kind of send a little bit of a, like, a um, just a note, hey, guys, we just played seven games in a row, and we went 7-0, and if we want to get where we want to get to, we're going to have to win seven games in a row again. So you get kind of a nice uh, marker right in the middle of the season that if you want to get to where you want to go to, and that's to that's a state championship, we're halfway there. Um, and, and you're right, Auburn gets a week to get healthy. Um, there's a lot of kids that were kind of banged up after that Opelika game. Very physical football game. And, uh, and Auburn gets to, gets to get a, an extra week to get ready, get rested, and, uh, and then get all eyes towards the Red Devils with, uh, with that game in Phoenix City.
2: Scott, it was another week where Auburn's defense pitched a shutout in the second half. Opelika's only touchdown came on their from their own defense. Uh, how impressive was it to see this Auburn defense respond? Because early on, Opelagic hitting hitting plays on him downfield, but especially with both of Auburn's safeties getting banged up in that game, um, just how impressive was it to see some of those younger guys in the secondary step up and and help you know turn the game into Auburn's favor?
6: Yeah, you get two safeties out. Uh, Graham Young goes out on the first second play of the game. Uh, Andrew King tries to go and couldn't. And then you got to move Andre Emilius from corner to safety. You bring in another safety, D.J. Witcher, who hasn't played a whole lot in big moments this year. And then you move Jaden Walker to corner. Um, and it took, a, it took a little bit to get them all on the same page, but what an adjustment hacked on by that defensive staff and the back four in particular to, to buy in and to, to learn on the fly. It was extremely impressive because Opelika can spin it. Um uh, a quarterback is really, really good. Their backs are banged up, so they didn't have the run game to kind of balance out the pass game that they normally have, and um, and uh, it was just just really, really impressive that from halftime into the second half. The defensive staff um, and those players did a fantastic job.
0: Scott, uh, you know how how is the the team physically heading in? I mean, uh, it's, it seems like. For the, I mean, for, for for the schedule that we've seen thus far, uh, they've come through it pretty well.
6: Yeah, um, you know, there's there. At the end of the Opalike game, you started seeing some more guys being kind of banged up and, and everything like that. Um, this bye week hit at a perfect time, not just being all between Opalike and Central, but just in an offer in a time where Auburn's starting to get banged up a little bit. It, it's going to be huge to get the week off, um, and also just reload mentally, uh, it's a grind in the season. And um, I, I think uh, if you're going to put a, a a bye week in the schedule, either you want to do it after a loss or after two losses or something to kind of give you a break or right dead in the middle of the year um, so that you can say, this is what's worked. This is not what, what hasn't worked with, Let, let's now reload. And also you give the coaches a chance to kind of, kind of wind down for a couple of days before Getting right back into gear
1: next week. Talking with Scott Bagwell, the voice of Auburn High School athletics on the Thursday edition of the Drive. Scott Clyde Pittman's had a remarkable season uh, thus far, and, and really capping off a, uh, an incredible career he's had at Auburn High School. Uh, what yeah. has he improved on uh, this season, and and where uh, you know where where has a lot of the success come from?
6: Well, I, the the game against Opelika was is probably a well played game by a high school quarterback, as you're going to see. I mean, he he throws for 200, runs for 100, has five touchdowns, um, almost had six, but Auburn had a penalty on one of those on a quarterback sneak. Um, And uh, I I really think that he just kind of improved on everything that he did well last year. He's been very efficient. He's put the ball where it's needed to be, even on some of the misses against Opelika. It was you know half a foot, less than that, uh, just out just out of reach of their receivers, it was just, um, it was in very, very impressive to watch. And I know Auburn's done the whole quarterback changing, but you saw that when the coaches felt like they have a hot hand and a guy that's really playing well, because Davis Harson played well against Opelika. Clyde mm-hmm. Pittman was just on another level against Opelika, so they decided to go with him. And also, I think that became an easy decision with his touchdown run against Opelika when he when he weaved in and out of a couple of defenders and then ran over somebody right there at the goal line, they were like, All right, this is our guy. Um as far as improvement, I think he's just gotten bigger, faster, stronger, and he's also had the grasp of the offense. Um, you know, you saw that with a, a couple of big third down throws where he let it develop. His first read wasn't there. He went to the second guy. Um and, and then he made some plays with his feet. He's not known as being fleet of foot on that fifty one yard touchdown run in to the game, he ran away from the like a secondary. So um he he just had a heck of a game and he's had a heck of a career at Auburn High.
0: Scott, um I I know you don't you know the, the team, the coaching staff doesn't want to uh uh you know just bask in the glory and and uh just expect to cruise on from, from this point on. What are you know, what is an area or are any areas that you feel like um uh coach would would like to uh, improve as you you head now down the stretch?
6: I'm interested to see because we saw it in the first half against Opelika. You know, the back four, when they're going to get tested because it's so hard to run against this Auburn front. They're going to get tested, even though they did really good things in the second half against Opelika. We saw them do really good things against Ramsey. Central's going to take some shots. They got some really, really good receivers. Auburn's going to have to stand up to them. Also, we haven't really, Auburn hasn't seen a extremely mobile quarterback. They're going to see that against Central. Mm -hmm. Um, Their quarterback's going to make some plays with his legs. I'm interested to see how that fat and mouse game goes with the mobile quarterback and the guy that can make the play with his legs and his arms, how Auburn's defense um, kind of deals with that. And the other thing is, is the Auburn offense wants to run the ball. They have proven obviously that they can throw it. But hopefully I can try to play some more zone stuff. I'm interested to see if Central decides to line up and just play man across the board. Who for Auburn is going to step up and make a play? Because at that point in time, it's going to be just who can win that one-on-one battle at the Auburn receiving core if, if Central just decides to go man across the board. Um, you know, we saw Ian Nation had a heck of a game. And, and they got plenty of guys that are capable of it, but I want to see it happen on the road against what is the best team that's left on Auburn's uh, regular season schedule in the
0: red numbers. Yeah, no question about it. Scott, great stuff. We really appreciate you spending a little time with us. Enjoy the open date, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Y'all have a good one. All right, Scott Bagwell, voice of Auburn High School Athletics, joining us here on the Thursday Drive. We'll get to our bottom-of-the-hour break. We'll open up the phone lines. Come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive.
5: The Drive continues. continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive, Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Justin, while we got a while we got a little bit, uh, talk a little bit about uh, what what you've had lately and uh, what's yeah. coming up on the Observer.
2: Well, um, I had a uh, newsletter this week that uh, probably was the most depressing bit of research I've ever done <laughs> for Auburn fans. Was- Sad. But true yeah, is what it is. Middle eight, Auburn has been, and if you don't have the middle eight, the last four minutes of the second quarter, the first four minutes of the third quarter, it's a Bill Belichick thing. It's the game within a game. 72% of the teams that win the middle eight go on to win the game. Uh, it is what Hey, of, hey for, for Auburn, you could even cut it down and it's like the middle four, almost yeah. the last two well, of the first Well, this step from your question to Harson, um, and pointing out correctly that. Uh, <laughs> it was just, um, I, I kept looking back going, it seems like it's happening every game. And you and know why? Is. Because it is. Yeah, Auburn has been outscored eighty seven to thirteen in the middle eight in power five games under Brian Harson, forty two to seven this year in all games. It's it's so but I think you can distill a lot of Auburn's problems if you just look at the final four minutes of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third quarter. I think you can see like a lot of Auburn's problems.
0: Hey, I mean this goes by I remember Coach Dye talking about this. Mm -hmm. Now he 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 added a little bit, he'd say the last five minutes of the first half, the first five he goes, You've got to win those because if you don't you're you're not, not likely really to are. win games. And yeah.
2: it it's a fact. It's a it's a fact of life in, in, in football at all levels. Uh so there's a newsletter on that if you want more kind of deep dive into those numbers. Uh did a story this week on Jennai Broom, uh for for Auburn basketball. It's a really interesting story. You've got a guy that was such a good back to the basket center at uh, at moorhead state one of the best centers in the country last season and how he's kind of evolving to fit auburn and how auburn's kind of evolving to fit him it's been an interesting little back and forth here early in the year did a podcast today with a couple of our friends from georgia previewing the auburn georgia game talking some other things Mailbag out on friday Coverage all this weekend. I'll be heading to Athens uh, this weekend to cover what all happens for Auburn football we, in uh, the Deep South. Old rivalry.
1: We had a caller earlier in the show make reference to this, and and it was it came up during yesterday's show. And I'd like your thoughts on because I don't know if you chimed in earlier today uh-huh. about it, Justin. But when when people say Auburn, when people doubt that Auburn will be able to hire a quality coach, yeah, like what
2: what are the arguments you
1: cite to sort of refute that?
2: Uh money. And fan support i mean auburn there hasn 't been a whole lot of reasons to for Auburn fans to be fired up this season, and you go back to that lSU game in the second that was half unbelievable. That, that atmosphere was as, yeah. as good as it gets um, yeah why why won 't Auburn get a good coach um, i don 't know people like money and this is this is a place where you can have a it 's a top ten top fifteen job in college football period. You look at any other list. You look at you look at wins. You look at championships. You look at putting dudes in the NFL. You look at facilities. You look at resources. You know, there's only a few teams in college football where you can say they have more than we do. Right, and And the problem is most of them are teams that you. That's right. Most of them maybe maybe yeah you're right. Don't let that sway. It's it's like the whole thing with Auburn's schedule year in and year out. Like don't let don't let the when Auburn would go eight and four. Or nine and three under Gus Miles on. And it'd be like, wow, that's a really a disappointing season. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, look at what, like, what if you were in the ACC? What if you were in the Big 12? You can't help where you're located in the world, right? And where your conference is. But that this is, this is a job that, I mean, if you make it work, you work really, really well. This is, uh, this team contends for national championships every few years. It's, and now you're about to be in an expanded playoff era.
0: Right. I mean, it, it's attractive. And the other thing to keep in mind, most of those coaches out there believe that they can do it. I mean, right. they're not afraid of a challenge and they're thinking, I can go in there and look at the fertile recruiting territory so that what, I'm so in what the middle Brian, of. So what
2: got Brian Harson here. He left his alma mater yeah. for this. So no, Auburn will not have any trouble yeah. they uh attracting very good applicants. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna necessarily get there and get their number one guy off the like, you know, get the biggest name they can go out and get. I don't know if that's necessarily gonna be true, but it's exactly like you're not going to get any good football coach. And and as you pointed out,
0: uh things are things have changed quite a bit because of the transfer portal, yeah. especially, I believe. But, you know, I, I, I read and I hear people go, well, no matter who it is, it's it's going to take 3 or 4 years. I, I don't know that that's the case. Tennessee has shown you, yep. not necessarily. I not not a, not you a, that a, too. Well, if well if you have the right quarterback, in the right offense. Yeah, it's, it's
2: quarterback. And, yeah. and
1: not, not that Auburn is, is a mirror of this program, but USC was miles from the top five last year. Right. This time yeah, they, last and, year. And they,
0: they've got an offensive-minded coach, and they've got a pretty good quarterback.
1: They went out and, and got the right coach yeah. and the right quarterback. And I'm not saying that's the parallel that you shoot for. No, but, but if you but can do that. You're seeing. Yeah. You're, I also
2: I also think there's a danger in saying, well, you have to go get somebody that's like, a household name right now. Great, look at how many look how many really good college football coaches are right now. The best of the best in, in college football and where they were. Work. We're assistant we're assistants or coordinators. Right. Lincoln Riley got bumped up to the big yep. job at OU, right? You know, Brent Venables is at OU now. He was a defensive coordinator. He had not been a head coach before. Kirby Smart had not been a head coach before. Ryan Day had not been a head coach before. Dabo. Dabo is is the ultimate he example. He wasn't even of that. a coordinator. Right. Um you know Sam Pittman.
1: Not, I mean, now they're not the Sam top five. Pittman.
2: Sam, Sam Pittman's a, a great if, example. If Randa, Shane had, Beamer's going to be a great example, I think. Yeah, Randa, Randa. Randa's doing well at Baylor. I was going to yeah. say had yeah.
1: Randa been a head coach, but I don't, I don't think he
0: no. no no he, he hadn't. Had, yeah. Remember, he
2: was coordinator, defensive
1: coordinator
0: at LSU.
2: Right? There's there's so many of those examples that you can get. Um, you know, I mean, go back to the last time Auburn was in a carousel. The big the big fish everybody wanted with Mario, was Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal was not a head coach until USC made him their head coach. So like. There's going to be some applicants out there, I think, or some candidates for Auburn that are not going to be sitting head coaches and they're not going to be maybe even household names to the average people. But like that, when you have the resources and you have it, you got to go for fit right here. Because if, whenever the Brian Harson era is over, whenever that is, right, I think people are going to look back and say, well, Brian Harson didn't stop being a good football coach. I don't think that at all. I just, it's, it's a fit <coughs> thing. It's a, I think
0: it's ultimately a part fit thing. of fit also means buying into what has to be done in this conference recruiting yeah. wise. Oh, I think sure. that when people think people think when 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 we may say fit it's just well he's from Boise and he's here and he's not fitting in Alabama. And, and, no,
2: that's that's not all there is to it. And I think Auburn has to be a place where since historically you don't recruit better than Alabama, you don't recruit better than Georgia or LSU or Texas A&M, you need to be the ones doing going above and beyond. Even if it's not going to say, well, if we put if we put all this effort into recruiting and we put all this all this money, this resources, this time, effort, talent, all that and you don't get top 5 classes out of it, well, you you still need it's still worth the effort because Alabama and Georgia and now Ohio State in the mix, they're just pulling away from everybody else. Like but, Auburn, you, but you better be Auburn's somewhere hanging around the top 10. Right, you don't need to be is, barely in the top 25. It's a, exactly. Auburn's recruiting is going backwards at a time where your rivals are getting even further ahead. So Auburn needs to be a team that gets closer and closer to that because as we as we know Statistically, if you're in the blue chip ratio and you have a really good quarterback, at Auburn team, anybody can do it. But at Auburn team, we know for a fact if you recruit at that level and get the right quarterback, you can contend for a national championship here. If Brian
1: Harson is ever successful at the Power Five level as a head coach, and I'm not, you know, whether, whether it's here, which feels unlikely at the moment or somewhere right. else if he were to take another job yep. in power five football i would think And i think, think he
2: will i think i think i don't think this is going to be it for No no you know. he, he he you know uh, no, I think there are other schools that, that would be very interesting. Yeah, there are Brian multiple Hars- jobs in the Pac-12 that are uh, open uh, right al- now, already right.
1: open in the Pac-12. Yeah, who, who knows how things shake out? Boise State might be open by, by the end of the season. The way things are trending, there that a, one would be interesting. D- Dirk Cutter is the new offensive coordinator, right? He stepped in to be yeah. a new offensive coordinator, but at Boise State. So if Brian Harson played is, well last week, if Brian Harson is ever successful, I, I like Dirk Cutter. If if Brian Harson is ever successful uh, at at the Power Five levels, of head coach, I will think that the first two years he spent at Auburn. Were a learning experience about the importance of recruiting to win at the Power Five level yeah. a, as a champion because well, he was he was relatively unfamiliar with recruiting against superpowers when yeah. he was at Boise he wasn't winning recruiting battles against teams that were expected and, to win the national championship and I
2: think more importantly at Boise you were going to get the number one recruiting class pretty much no matter what at Boise because you're Boise mm-hmm. right you're in, just gonna in, open, the the in the conference in the conference yeah, yeah yeah in the, in the conference like. There really isn't another Mountain West team that like every now and then you'll have like wow that's a, that was a really good class or oh that's a really good crop of players that came into Fresno this year or yeah, so San the guy Diego the, State. yeah with
1: the mustache would bring guys into Fresno you know but back back in the uh, back yeah. in the day I mean there were there were yeah some teams in the Mountain West that would but no
2: you're right it like you and LV's got a really good class right now can. but it's like it's like you know those things are a lot more sporadic Boise I think Boise led the conference every year he was the head coach in recruiting and it was just like because it's Boise it recruits itself at that level. Um, because of the blue turf and and the history of like, hey, you can come here if you feel like you were overlooked by, you know, teams that are bigger. Like you can come here and get into the NFL. Here at Auburn, it's like you've got a you've got you're in a knife fight with everybody else in recruiting and. I think, Bill, you made a really good point earlier. It's like, yeah, COVID COVID really hurt that first class. It oh yeah, that, did. That's why, I mean, there were some people that, that
0: were, were jumping all over early, and I said, look, I think you, you've got to wait and see what happens when they can get out, when the coaches can get out and try to establish relationships. And I felt good when they were going to make the tour of Alabama and Georgia and all the high schools and everything, but I haven't heard as much – of Auburn being out there yeah. with the other schools. And what, since happened, then.
2: and what happened in February was always going to sabotage your recruiting, sure. right? You know, that, that's another thing that, again, not 100% of Brian Harson's own making, what happened there and how that affects recruiting. But it's just what do you do during the time? Like, there will be people, if Brian Harson isn't your head coach at the end of the year or at any point in the season, a lot of people will point, there are going to be people, Auburn fans, who point out, well, what happened in February? You gave him no chance. And it's like, yeah, it didn't help. But like most of your roster was already in place at that point, mm-hmm. and and if you're regressing again, if you're regressing in year two at a time when teams are taking steps forward, like Kansas, like Tennessee, like you know, and those are guys you hired at the same time, like here, and I think I think a place like USC is going to speed up the process even more um, because it's like, well, we don't have to wait around. LSU is going to be an interesting case because they went out and bought at top of the market. That team's got some real deep seated issues, but
0: you know they're. They're going to be fine. They're, they're, they're also winning right now. They're 4-1. and one. And then uh, I, don't, I don't think Billy Napier is going to uh, back off any down at Florida either. I mean, I'm, I'm no. hearing so much about how hard they're getting after it
1: recruiting-wise as well.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: And, and you have to. You have to to, get it, to make it happen down there. So, yeah, I mean, it's... it's recruiting's
1: uh, the only reason Jimbo Fisher has been run out of town on a rail. Yeah, you're right about in that. Well, and that,
0: that, yeah, and that and the contract. fact that it
1: would cost them $90 million, yeah.
0: but... Yeah. That's that's
2: somebody, small. Factor. Somebody on Fine apparently, yeah. Bill, I mean, uh, Dan sent this tweet to me. Did he show it to you? Uh, uh, well, the I, quote? No, I mean, I was I was
0: telling Dan about it. I mean, I oh I, I, I heard I heard another I heard somebody that covers Texas A and M, not on Paul Show, say the same sort of thing. Well, I mean, so. Well no no what what did, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm, I'm talking about uh one of the one of the A and M folks saying that. They've got the money if Jumbo doesn't. If, if this stuff doesn't change, no. So somebody
1: on Fine Mom said
0: something. Some,
2: some fan called in to Fine Mom and said, you know, a hitman's cheaper than. Oh yeah, million. I did see that. Whoa, did see that. All right. Oof. Well, he, he's right. <laughs> that
0: Oof. is. At I guess yeah. I don't. No, look. Let me, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me say. I have no idea what a hitman yeah. would cost, but I would assume it'd be but less than on Craigslist. Less than ninety
1: million dollars. No, that's, I mean, but but it's. Uh, it's it's not a even in jest. That's that's not a sign things are going well. No, that that would their not office, that would not
0: help Jimbo sleep well. Their offense is dreadful. And bad, awful. News, awful. And bad news and And yeah. Max Johnson's hurt. Max Johnson's
1: out for the season now with, with with what they think is a broken collarbone. Um, and, and so yeah, why don't why don't they like don't, why, don't, why don't, don't, don't they play, play their the, the freshman? Thome? Okay, it was something. But they're yeah. going back to Haynes King. You know I, they I, need to go to the to the to the freshman. Who's a, that's that's, that's the kid's Alabama,
2: name that's Alabama from, from this weekend? Texas. Maybe you let Haynes maybe you let
1: Haynes King handle Tuscaloosa this weekend, then you go to the freshman. Yeah, that's probably right.
2: Maybe that's maybe that's what you do. Maybe it's, it's Yeah, but it's like you know, back in college football though, though, it's like every team has the potential to look good or bad in a given week, and it's so if you sit here and say like, well, it's gonna take Auburn forever to bounce back up or get like I don't I don't buy it, man. Yeah. Tennessee was in a bad spot. Tennessee was in a real bad spot two and, and years ago. Tennessee was in a worse spot than Auburn is right now. Well, the, day,
1: the day Jeremy Pruitt was fired, there was no reason that program should be in the no. top ten for two or three years unless they made the right hire at coach and he went and found the right quarterback. And look, I know, and that's I, what happened. And
2: I know Kansas isn't playing the same schedule as Auburn is, but like that team was abysmal. And last year... Year one, they, they were showing some signs of life. Well, you talked about Brett Bilma, uh, Illinois. I mean, it, it didn't look so good for Arkansas look, when TC, Sam Pittman took they, over. Year one, TCU right TCU. now. Yeah, you're TCU's right. got the number one offense in the country with Lincoln Riley's younger brother calling plays. And they I think Spike
0: Dykes has got a little bit to do with that, Sonny. too.
2: Sonny. Sonny, yeah. yeah.
0: Spike's his dad. And,
2: right. and Oklahoma, and they made Oklahoma look bad They did in, in, in last week. So, like, the return on investment has to come quick. And I'm not saying like you can't give a guy patience. I think whoever's the next coach at Auburn, like you it's gonna take a little while to really, really get going, but like you can you can show a lot more than you are around and look, I mean, Brian Harson was six and two last year. Mm hmm. You know, maybe if Bo Nix doesn't get hurt, you're talking about Brian Harson as if one of the. If Tank Bigsby doesn't go out of bounds, like, you can talk about Auburn so close to being like, he, they'd be in the exact a same spot. nine win team right right maybe now. last year. But yeah, that's not the situation. And in year two, at a time when everyone, everyone who came into this season talking about Auburn was, hey, if Brian Harson's going to make it work and he's going to make people say that, you know, believe that, like, hey, we got to give this guy time, he's the guy moving forward, you had to show progress. There isn't that. There isn't. You're, you, you had 217 yards of offense against Missouri. You can't score in the second half. You know? It's, your defense has played better the last couple of weeks, but that's mm-hmm. about it. Like, that's about it, you can kind of say. And that's – and we also said this coming into the season as well. How many of those guys on that depth chart were his dudes? It's not like it's and, just like I, I, and again, how many the of them offensive are playing line their, is it was an inherited problem mm. and how many and of those guys
1: long. are playing their final year of college football too? Yeah, that's right. Like you think about those defensive when you look players at next year. You're right. It's
0: yeah
2: you you've got to show proof of concept, and right now, there just really isn't, and it would be a different thing. It's like you know what we're, we're taking some punches right now, but look at what we've got coming in and recruiting. I think Missouri can do that to an, to an extent that
1: Auburn can't do that. or right now. or if it was we're taking some punches right now, and I know this is no guarantee either. we're taking some punches right now, but look at all the freshmen and sophomores in the starting lineup. That's not the case either with this auburn team nope That's yeah lsu lSU's starting two freshman tackles if you offensive had,
0: tackles if you two had two, true yeah. freshmen
1: at tackles and I 'm not saying this was a, a feasible you know i, I don't know what, what options were available if you had two true freshmen and a second year sophomore that you'd acquired from like the transfer from, yeah, like yeah, el- elsewhere yeah. on the offensive line, there'd be reason to believe like it's t- I mean Robbie Ashford's probably the only spot where you think, okay well let's watch the improvement of this guy over the course of the year. Thinking it could pay off down the line, Camden Brown, and even Camden Brown. You're right. I don't want to discount the receivers, but even then, and and, and Jarquez could be on next year's team. You know, you, you, oh, you, yeah. you never know depending yeah, on yeah. depending on what happens. But uh, but no, you're you're right. It, it does feel like in a lot of spots, it's you know, not only is there regression, also you're you're watching upperclassmen who are probably not. Uh, factoring into the future of the program. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Plenty of
0: time for you to join us. Don't forget, David Pascal will be with us at the uh, start of hour number two. But other than that, the phone lines are open here on the Thursday drive.
5: Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. <laughs> Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back in. Final uh, couple of minutes of hour number one here on the uh, Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson, let's see. We haven't mentioned uh, Auburn has a new associate. Uh, what you got?
2: I, I got some quick basketball news. If I you know. was, uh, you're Ooh. getting to the Chance Westry. Yeah, Chance Westry will be out for the next three to four weeks after going, uh, undergoing knee surgery. And an interesting twist. Bruce so did Bruce. Bruce also had knee surgery uh, today? Doctor hey. James Andrews doing both of the both of the operations. Bruce will be back at practice early next week. Westry will be out to three to four weeks, so that'll put him kind right around the ballpark about exhibition start of the season uh, for him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Auburn does. Pretty heavy minutes, I think, here in practice is upcoming for uh, for Chris Moore. If, if, you're West, if of that. yeah, if Westry's back in three or four weeks, there's, there's probably no update on Alan Fleming. I was no
0: going to say it's probably it's still it's probably the that. same sort of thing that Bruce had that that yeah. that that, uh, uh, that I had, uh, yeah. and that's that's uh, a meniscus.
2: Yeah, I t- I talked to Bruce. Bruce is uh, moving around at practice a little slow uh, last last couple weeks, and a Man, I, I asked you. him what was I'm going on. You he that, said that, I'm, I, he told me he was going to have he was going to have that needs, especially for a basketball coach. So you're on your feet all the time. Yeah. You're having to move and, and be active.
1: Ooh. Last week, when I got to sit down and have lunch with my good friend Chad Pruitt, oh, you know, over for uh, for the Max Roundtable, uh, we were talking about some of the options in the aftermath of the Allen Flanagan news, just sort of, and we stuck to you know the, the Allen Flanagan thing is personal, but but on the right. court, what it could mean in his absence. And Chance Westry was was clearly the, the first thing that he wanted to talk about, but he was pretty open to, to something Bill and I have talked about before, which is against smaller teams, you could see Auburn employ
2: three yard again, Katie Johnson yeah. and Zepp Jasper uh, go and, back. It was and, the and key, Wendell Green. It was the key to winning that game against State on the road that got and, him a win, got him the SEC title. And against larger teams. Jalen Williams potentially, depending on what else you've got at oh, the four I, and the five. I think you. Know, I think you can play Yo at the three. Maybe you, Yo, maybe you Trey on Trey hmm. He, he, yeah, he, he yeah. talked
4: a little
1: bit more about what Jalen would bring offensively. He didn't really get into Johan, but Johan's also athletic enough to do it.
2: Oh yeah, I think a Johan ra- Jalen center lineup rave, would also work. Rave, for. Rave That'd for. About, be interesting. Raved yeah.
1: about Jonai Broom too. As I mean, not not, 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 surprising, not surprising. yet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: we're halfway
0: done here on the Thursday drive again. David Paschal joins us from Chattanooga when we get things started. And then we'll hopefully hear from you as well in hour number two of the drive.
5: For you. ESPN one oh six seven. WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at espnau.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at espnau.com. Welcome in,
0: hour number 2 of the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Here on this another gorgeous day. It has been beautiful fall weather for a while. Enjoy it. it. looks like it's going to continue for another week or so. So uh, just great weather. Hope everybody doing well. And uh, we welcome you in. Wasp. We welcome you in to hour number two of The Drive, which is brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Dot .com and we're about to get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. We're in just a little while we'll take your calls, questions, comments. And uh when we get to our first break
1: you can dial in 334-321 1390. You can also text the show 334 1840 on the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast available however you listen to podcasts. Search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform and you'll find it. Or go to RadioAlabama.net, pull up the podcast center on the ESPN 1067 tab. You can listen to the show that way. Again, all of that presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors.
0: Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline and we'll uh, go to the phone and welcome in our Good friend from ESPN Chattanooga and the Chattanooga Times Free Press, and that is David Paschal. Hey, David, how are you doing today? Bill and Dan, I'm doing marvelous. I hope you guys are. Uh, doing much better. Doing much better. I mean, I was a couple of weeks ahead of uh, Bruce Pearl, and, and now we understand Chance Westry on having uh, their right knees scoped. I had mine done a couple of weeks ago, and all of a sudden. Uh, starting last Friday, it, is, it has been much much better. So it's it's so good not to have that pain. And um, I, I don't know how I don't know how you know Auburn fans are going to be feeling about pain after this weekend. But uh, at least personally, no things are going well. Thanks for asking.
7: Excellent. You've got you're doing a half marathon this week and a full marathon
0: next week, right? Uh, in my dreams, yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> the, Auburn's got him ready to go if uh, Andres Carlson. Uh, doesn't uh, doesn't shape up. That's my kicking this, leg. Uh, yeah, this, that, that's my kicking. That's that's this, my kicking knee. Don't, don't Saturday. Don't so, say anything about you. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's. I mean, look, looking back on this past weekend briefly before we start talking about Saturday's games, uh, I, would, I mean, I imagine you paid pretty close attention to Georgia Missouri, uh, David, especially as that game stayed uh, much closer than anyone thought it would. What, wow, what did you see? What, what what did you see from from both teams, especially Georgia, and and why was that game so competitive?
7: You know, for two straight weeks now, it's just kind of weird. Uh, Georgia is, and I know Auburn's fighting the same problem, but you just don't think about a number one team. I guess they're number two this week. But but Georgia has just been on a, on a turnover ratio deficit. And, uh, you know, they turned it over a bunch against Kent State, and they turned it over a couple of early times uh, against Missouri. And, you know, it's just one of those things that Missouri shrunk the game to their credit. Um, you know, but when it's all said and done, it's kind of weird. I mean, Georgia did – uh forced five field goals kind of kind of odd i mean the same kid that missed a 26 yarder right in the middle of the field at auburn uh you know was drilling like 56 yarders so um but you know when it was time georgia did flip the switch and and you know it's just one of those games from time to time to time you have in a year where if you lose the turnover ratio and they shrink the game then then you're not going to win it 42 to 7.
1: Absolutely, and and looking around. I mean, we'll, we'll get to to a little more Auburn, Georgia uh, later on. But but looking looking back on some of the other games uh, from this weekend. Oh, I mean, you, you yet yeah. you, you had the the thrilling finish uh, to keep Ole Miss right. undefeated. We, we were talking earlier in the week about their schedule. I mean, they they might be. Undefeated when when Alabama comes to town uh, at nine and zero, and, and do what we, do we, what, we still know how good they are though? We I don't know uh, I don't know, but they're they've got a per, they're perfect. I don't know what far. kind of answers, and then and then speak you know, saying in the state of Mississippi, uh, Mike Leach and Will Rogers, they're pretty good. Carpet bombing Texas A and M, and I agree they they look to be pretty good too.
7: Yeah, I loved. Uh, of course, Leach had one of my favorite quotes after that game. He was asked, he he goes, Coach, you're you're nine and four against Texas A&M now. Uh, do you feel like you have their number? And he was like, I don't know. I hope so. I thought I was 10 and three. <laughs>
0: uh. so I,
7: thought that was, I thought that was a great quote, but you know, uh and how about this? I read this stat today. I know you always like the good stats because yes, that was an absolute 42 to 24 demolishing. That was every bit as bad as that score. Um, Jimbo Fisher, of course, they're likely to lose Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, and that was a preseason number six team, and they could be three and three, and they seem to do this every year. You know, we talk about his contract. I mean, he's got the best contract of all time, and I read this today, and it really does put it in wild perspective. His buyout will be north of $50 million until 2027. Yeah, that's – well, that's just unreal money. A way to look at it like that. It, it is.
0: Uh, you know, we were talking. I, I'd, I'd heard a Texas A&M uh, beat writer say that. You know, there's there's a lot of there are a lot of disgruntled A&M fans. A lot of them have a lot of money, and the oil money could buy out Jimbo at any time. And I was thinking, yeah. Uh, but you probably end up looking at about a $200 million outlay when you paid Jimbo (laughs) off, went and tried to get a big-name coach, buy out the rest of his contract, and then pay him
1: enough to keep him under contract, I'm sure, for a a few years. But a a couple more games like the one Texas A&M played Saturday, and and Jimbo Fisher will be the richest guy on the ACC network.
7: And, you know, and it's very interesting because you think about his career, and, and of course, with this being LSU-Tennessee, Week and that's where I'm headed tomorrow down to down to Louisiana. But you know, you go back to when the LSU program got going under Saban, and of course Jimbo was his right hand man. Those obviously in much happier times between those two. But but I mean, Fisher was doing wonders with Rohan Davey, Matt Mock and you know. And you think about his run at FSU as a head coach. He got EJ Manuel and Jameis Winston back to back and won a lot of games with those guys. But. It's hard to believe you're almost coming up on a decade uh, when he's had, you know, since he's had good quarterback play. It's just amazing how mediocre. I think they're 105th in the country in total offense, and and we've talked about it before. I mean, not only do you have to win, but you have to be exciting and, and boring.
0: Yeah, that uh, his offense appears to be. You know at least a decade old, I mean things have changed, and Jimbo had been considered you know an offensive uh guru a a quarterback whisperer, but his offense now is just i mean it it's it's boring and it's not it's it hasn't been very productive so um yeah that's why i think I think the what texas a and m fans would love to hear now is that he's going to bring in uh some some hot shot offensive coordinator but man we've seen that how many times have you seen that when someone whose whole career has been play caller to try to turn it over to somebody else. I just don't know how well right. that, that might work.
7: I don't either. I don't either. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic for sure, because we know that not only did they sign the nation's number one class, but they got them from all over the country. I mean, mm-hmm. they got five stars out of Florida. They got, they got a five star from Knoxville area. And you know, and you're just like, what do those guys think? Are they going to, after one year, they're like, yeah, this is too far from home and there's just too much here. So I've, I think Texas a and could have one of the more interesting – even, obviously, I, I would assume Jimbo's sticking around um, and they're not going to do anything this early. But, uh, you know, is, the, is there a lot of roster management that, that he's going to have to do? Does he have a lot of players defect at the end of this year? I just think we're kind of in that type of era
1: now. As someone pointed out to me after the game on Saturday, if if things are if, if the pressure is hot on, on Jimbo Fisher right now, wait till he starts losing conference games to Texas and Oklahoma – in a couple of years and wait until uh, see how see how that is received by the uh, by the college station faithful. No, it is that's trending in the wrong direction right now, which is uh, uh you know pr- pretty surprising considering the recruiting and uh, the uh, the contract situation for uh, for Jimbo Fisher. You want you want to move
0: on to the Saturday Bill? Yeah, let's do. You mentioned uh, the 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 game of the week obviously is is Tennessee at LSU and and it's interesting to me that the line appears to be moving more toward LSU. What what do you think about that, David?
7: That is interesting just because, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels, I, I don't know. I mean, I assume he's going to play. I, I just don't know if he's at 100%. It's such an interesting dynamic because uh, for all the right that Tennessee has done under Josh Heupel and, you know, I think it's 17 games in, he's 11-6. and six. They're 4-0 this year. They're number eight in the country. Uh, you know, they're leading the nation in total offense. They're scoring 48.5 points a game. But that defense tends to make any quarterback, especially dual threat quarterback, you know, look like a Heisman winner. Anthony Richardson, if you remember, obviously had that great opening weekend against Utah. But then his next two games against Kentucky and South Florida, he had like 255 passing yards combined, 28 rushing yards combined. Well, then he goes out there against Tennessee and has over 500 yards of total offense. So, that's the big key. Does Tennessee make Jaden Daniels look like an absolute superstar? I, ju- I just think that Tennessee, because they're the second year into the system and, and LSU is in the first and still kind of finding their way, uh, I like Tennessee in this game and I'm surprised the line is doing that, but you know, it is LSU at home. I, I have not been down to Baton Rouge since 2018. I went down there with Georgia and Georgia was like heavily, fa- I think they were like an eight point favorite and, of course, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire ran all over them. They beat Georgia by 20 points and, of course, kind of kind of started shaping what became their 2019 national championship run that afternoon. But, you know, I like Tennessee by a touchdown in this game. I just think they're the, they're the better team right now. I think LSU is improving, but I think Tennessee's kind of already there.
1: Talking with David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Speaking of a somewhat surprising point spreads in the SEC this week, I think uh, Kentucky only being favored by six and a half at home against South Carolina is a little bit surprising for a Kentucky Very team. Very much. I mean, Kentucky, if they they were a play or two away from being 5-0 and oh and probably, what, number seven, number eight in the polls, something like that, if they'd won at Ole Miss last week, uh, how real of a chance does South Carolina have of going to Lexington and winning this game, David?
7: Uh, the big, the big thing is Will Levis. I know Kentucky practiced this afternoon, and and Stoops did not have any kind of update on Levis. Um, I, I just think it's a, it's obviously his health is is huge in this game. I I, I still think Kentucky at home, even without Levis, is probably the better team. But I, I would imagine that's why. I'm, uh, just because you know, and you think about it, really, this week it's kind of one of those deals where half of the half of the league has a quarterback question. I mean, is Bryce Young going to play? Is Will Levis going to play? Is Jaden Daniels going to play? Uh, I think the one who may be hurt worst of all is K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play. But you've just got a bunch of quarterback questions at the midway mark of the season. Just for I don't think any of them are severe. It's just kind of this one weekend of will these guys play or not.
0: Well, one that that looks like he's definitely going to play. You mentioned KJ Jefferson at Arkansas, Mississippi State going in there. Is Arkansas about to lose their third straight game?
7: I think so. I mean, and I, you know, credit to Arkansas because you know, while we joked about Leach having a And M's number uh, so far, and I know it's just a two-game sample, but but Sam Pittman's had Mike Leach's number. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, in 2000, the COVID year when Mississippi State goes down to Baton Rouge after LSU had won the national championship and Mississippi state beat him that first game. And then the very next week, Arkansas goes to start ball with like a 20 game losing streak. Cause you had the, the mm-hmm. winless Chad Morris era, but then, you know, Leach beat them and then he beat them again last year. So, uh, I mean, Pittman beat them, I should say. And so Pittman beat them again last year. So Arkansas kind of had their number, but yeah, I think you've got to go with, with Mississippi state in this game, you know, being at home with the momentum they've got, because you know, they're, they're, they're running the ball so well. I mean, yeah. we all know Will, Will Rogers is being Will Rogers, throwing it all over the place. But they're definitely running at the best that they've run in Leech's three seasons.
1: Auburn, Georgia, the uh, two thirty game on CBS. Georgia now uh, a, a thirty-point favorite at uh, most of the places. You can I think you can shop around and find, find Auburn for under uh, thirty. But, not but, not much, but it's yeah, the, it's in the it's in the neighborhood of thirty, just just about everywhere. David, have you ever seen the Auburn Georgia game with
0: a line like that?
7: Uh, no, because
0: what nobody has. Was it has. in twelve, sixteen, sixteen? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
7: It, it Things is, have changed it is offensively, never... but yes, Holy that's crazy. God. No. No, it's it's never been like this, and I mean, I I think this is a, unfortunately for Auburn. I think it's a get right game for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think this is you know, and there's some stat too where since 2009, uh, you know, 2009 was the last time that Auburn scored multiple touchdowns in Sanford Stadium. Last so time they scored just,
1: more than 10 points at Sanford Francisco and yeah. led that game fourteen nothing as a matter yeah. of fact
7: that's right, that's right, and i think uh I think they only score the rest of the way from a touchdown was a, a a kickoff return for a touchdown if memory serves but um yeah that i I think this thing has like thirty seven to six written all over it i just I think it's going to be a a long afternoon i I will say, I don't, you know, I don't want to come out, come on here every week and beat up Auburn. I do think it's a team that plays hard. They do. And I yeah, think they you do. saw that in the LSU game. I mean, I, there's no question they play hard. They, there's just limitations from every single area when you think about it. And even when you're reliable, you know, even when your strengths of the team, like your, your Carlson's are missing kicks, I mean, it just kind of becomes problematic.
0: Well, uh, it, it's it's hard to imagine the Alabama Texas A&M game being a whole lot closer than the than the than the Georgia Auburn game.
7: Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I guess they just with Alabama and Georgia taking turns at number one. I guess they have got to get their fill on how many times they show these teams because I know people at LSU are absolutely livid that this is not you know on CBS in some form. This is a uh, this is like my eighth or ninth time to go to l s u but I can assure you it's the first time I've ever seen an eleven a m local kick down there, but
0: that almost um, yeah, never think, happens, think, yeah, you're right,
7: yeah, and so i mean and, and of course l s u all their all their road games the Auburn game was at night, the Florida game's gonna be at night, but none of their none of their big games that they're wanting uh have been at night, I guess Mississippi state was early evening or or whatever that was but uh, anyway, I, yeah, I think, I think Bama rolls, whether it's Jalen Milrow or whether it's, um, you know, whether it's Bryce Young. And I, I think it's in that, you know, 41 to 10 neighborhood. Heck, I remember covering a game in Tuscaloosa that was, I guess it was, you know, Manziel beat him in 12, but in, in 14, I wanted to say Bama beat them 59 to nothing or something like that. I, I don't think it's quite that bad, but I, I do think that it's one of those games that, uh, there will be no letting off the gas from Alabama' standpoint if they have that opportunity. Yeah,
0: I was thinking maybe maybe the networks were feeling. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly is very used to those early kicks from his from his years at Notre Dame. Maybe maybe that's why they were doing that. <laughs> yeah, I just, ask Brian I just, that after the game.
7: And it's funny because like, for the second straight, and don't get me wrong, but the even, well, nobody knew Missouri-Georgia would be good. No, uh, We thought we thought Auburn-LSU had the potential to stay close. It may not be an aesthetically pleasing game. But I remember talking last week, the game I was looking forward to the most was Ole Miss-Kentucky. That was a noon Eastern game, and the game mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the most this week is Tennessee-LSU, another noon Eastern game.
1: There are two SEC teams favored by 24 more points this week, and they are the two teams... Uh, hosting the games on CBS at 2.30 and 7 o'clock. So yeah, I, I would, they I, happen
0: to be the numbers
7: one
1: and two They, teams and they, in they the happen country, to be the numbers right. one and two teams in the country.
7: Well, and of course, I mean, I mean and, and I'm sure it's highly rated because Auburn, Penn State, uh, Tennessee, Florida, and then Bama, Arkansas, they've all been the highest rated games of the weekend. And so, now granted, those games, I mean, I, Auburn, Penn State was bad in the second half, and, and Bama pulled away in the fourth quarter, but... Um, you know, CBS, they've got to be kicking themselves for letting, letting the SEC move on without them uh, because they, they've, they've been hitting the jackpot again with these with these games each week from a rating standpoint.
0: Yeah, you would think. David, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, let everybody know how they can uh, keep up with everything that you're doing. Timesfreepress.com and
7: ESPNChattanooga.com.
0: All right. Uh, thanks again. Have a great trip down to uh, Red Stick.
7: I know you guys do this like every other year. This is Tennessee's first time to go down there since 2010. So it's just like this is a big deal for people up here. I mean, it's just one of these matches oh, yeah. that never happened because the league's gotten too big.
0: Well, thank goodness we're about to get away from that where we don't have these because you're you have everybody has that team that they haven't played at in 12 years like Missouri was. You know, coming right. here, and, I mean, it's it's a Georgia, shame.
2: Georgia and AM. Yeah, it's a yeah.
0: shame we've had that. And, you know, hopefully we go ahead and uh, get this, make it official what we're going to do so that everybody's playing everybody every four, twice at least every four years.
7: No doubt. We're about a month away from Florida making its third trip to College Station before Georgia makes its first.
0: That's insane. That yeah, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that is yeah. insane. Thanks again, David. Hey, have a great weekend. All right, you guys do the same. Always enjoy it. Absolutely. We, we surely do. David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press and ESPN Chattanooga joins us every Thursday, and we thank him for, for that time. We'll get to our first break. Open up the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive.
5: Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this
0: Thursday afternoon. That is a great that is a great trivia question. Shame we don't have, like, a new car to give away I, because. I
2: just tweeted it if, if oh, you, if okay. you want to have, if you want to, if you want to answer it on there or if you want to call in and answer it before. Full, uh, full yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, We don't have anything to give you. I can give you but, my admiration. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. We do have something to give you. I
1: oh, we do. I forgot again. We do. Yeah, dang it. All right. We,
0: we've got we've got a couple of tickets to the uh, to the fall boogie. That's right. we got fall, we
1: got fall boogie tickets for uh, for, okay. for folks who want them, so call in. Yeah, we're going to make you seriously earn it. Or no, we're not, we're not going to make uh, them answer it. Let us ask question. the
0: question. We're not going to make them answer we'll, it Well, answer we'll, 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 we'll we
1: we? We'll ask the question.
0: Well, you have two tickets. Is it two separate people or two? We, we've got a pair today. Yeah, we've got a pair today. We may have more. Uh because it's next weekend.
1: American Aquarium at six forty-five. You got Mike and the Moon Pies, uh, Vandals. American Aquariums playing the boogie. American Aquarium what? is the uh, is, is is at six forty-five. That's yeah. a band I know. That's right. Waverly to uh, that's that's uh, that's Saturday night. That's standard, are, right? It, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's uh, no, it's um, that's the that's the fifteenth. It's not it's not this weekend. It's, that's what I said. Yeah, it's yeah, next week. Next, yeah, next yeah. weekend. I'm gonna have to go check out American uh, American Aquarium. Yeah, no, I've 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 also heard of uh, heard of that band. So.
0: Anyway, all right, all right. So you can just call in, and we'll give you a couple of tickets. First person that calls yeah. in, we'll send we'll you. Up. Do the trivia but, but let's later. let's toss this one out because uh, Justin asked us, and we we're just like just guessing and guessing and guessing, and we couldn't do it. Yeah. So go ahead.
2: Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. This is I was I was having a conversation with some folks uh, on Twitter earlier today, and uh, one of them brought this up. Well, yeah, in a, in a roundabout way. Can you name the last two Auburn football players? To throw a touchdown pass in Sanford Stadium, you know we were just talking with David Pascal that
0: uh, you know Auburn has not scored more than one touchdown in a game at Sanford Stadium since two thousand and nine, so
1: I mean that insert trivia music, yeah no we have good i mean no' and we'll, i mean it, it is it is pretty incredible you know once we uh, once we have the names uh, Auburn's, to, Yeah, auburn 's inability to i mean. Uh, okay. Its inability to score late
0: is something we've been talking about under Brian Harson, but it's been that way against Georgia, especially there in Athens for quite a while. Well, let,
1: I mean, but let's let's talk about the offense for a little while, Justin. I know we I know yeah. we have a, a colour hanging on. We'll get to, we'll get to you. But like, I mean, it seemed like it was there were there was progress, but there's also uh, issues or. Flaws sort of on display that that can nullify that progress, right? And it also, yeah. I mean, may, maybe this is a necessity because Robbie Ashford's a quarterback now. It also feels like they've sort of abandoned what the plan would have been for much of the off season for this team's identity to be, you know, uh, under center, uh, multiple tight ends and fullbacks and power running. It, you know, it seems like it's much more of a, uh, you know, n- 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 now they're having to now they're having to go uh, largely out of the shotgun with, with a lot of receivers and give Robbie sort of an opportunity yeah. to freestyle and, and, and things like that. Like where have you seen progress from this offense and, and what, uh, I mean, and, and where, yeah. where are you still sort of concerned about what you're seeing?
2: I, the deep passing game has come alive with, with Robbie Ashford. Um, he, he throws deep, a nice deep. Pass. He throws a nice deep ball. It's 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 he's statistically better than what Auburn had with Bo Nix, and statistically Catchable. better than they had with yeah. with uh, with TJ Finley. And at least once on
1: Saturday, I think it was the first deep ball, the touchdown to Var, where you see the safety come up to stop the run, and mm-hmm. it, and it opens things up downfield yep. if you can complete.
5: Yeah, those you got to
2: keep plays alive. He does a good job with that. Um, yeah, good deep ball. I think you know. You can't build your whole offense out of deep balls, but you feel like Auburn can can snatch some, some explosive plays that way. Had a really good downfield passing game against LSU. The issue I see the most with Ashford is that uh, on quick stuff, uh, short passes and behind line of scrimmage, he's well below what you would want. And that young quarterback... Those passes can sometimes be the toughest ones to throw because they're the quickest ones or the tightest windows, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he didn't spend most of the offseason as the starter,
1: where yeah. you would be working on the receiver. You know, you'd get timing. timing down. Downfield,
2: downfield passing games definitely stepped up. The offensive line was a little better, a little bit better against, against LSU. Um, not as many, like, massive pass protection breakdowns, guys coming free. Still kind of feast your famine when it comes to the running game. Tank Bixby's getting like nothing in terms of blocking. Jarquez got a little bit more in this game, this past game. That's your progress. But I think the big thing, and if you talk about what Auburn could build on, all these self-inflicted wounds, these negative plays on first downs, these turnovers – if you can cut those down. There's, a, there's, there's pieces of a better offense in here. I'm not saying they're going to light things up, but there's pieces of a better offense in here. There's self-inflicted wounds that are just piling up. Need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Now, you don't have to be answering
0: the trivia question to call in. We'd love to talk to you, uh, but you can do that. I'm just guessing, or you can get the boogie tickets as we continue.
5: Let's get back to the drive.
0: Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. And we'd love for you to join in anything you want to talk about sports wise. We also have a pair of tickets to the fall boogie coming up next weekend. So if you'd like those, just call in and they're yours. And just for fun, we're, uh, just, Justin had a trivia question which uh, we failed miserably at. And that's named the uh, the last two Auburn football players to throw touchdown passes at Sanford Stadium in Athens. Uh, but but yeah, we'd love for you to join in. Uh, anything you want to talk about sports wise? Let's see. I started to mention uh, Auburn making a hire in the athletics department today. Uh, is Jeff Whitehead named the senior associate athletics director for compliance? And uh, I know there were some people that immediately went. Well, does that mean Rich McGlynn is going to be the permanent A D? Because that not, had not the, been not the
2: same, not the exact same position. No,
0: it, it had been a while back. Yeah. I believe he had moved he moved from that to executive, executive associate AD a while
2: back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that position had been open for a while. But a guy who has spent a lot of time in South Carolina, formerly at Troy.
0: Um, right. Uh, and was it yeah, was it was it uh uh, Troy under John Hartwell, who we've talked about as a candidate. a candidate for the for the permanent AD position.
2: Yeah, it seems like this job with the, with uh, with NIL is a, is kind of a a big big ordeal that Auburn had been wanting to you know trying to t- do some more things moving forward. Right. Uh, so yeah, some shakeups happening in the uh, athletic department, and I, we'll see what the AD what the AD thing uh, does. I do I I I tend to believe I tend to believe that if Auburn. Does make a move with their head head football coach. I feel like they're going to pull like a Miami and like have the AD and the head coach. of the, Georgia Tech's in the same boat right now mm-hmm. as well, um, where you know you might want to kill two birds with one stone or get it pretty close right. uh, to, to to lock down there. So yeah, new hire um, and a guy that has a pretty good resume um, in the Southeastern Conference. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety
0: as the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. Who do we have up first? Taylor. Taylor. Hey, Taylor, how you doing? Yeah. How are you? Doing fine.
7: Hey, just wanted to see if I could answer the trivia question.
0: Yeah,
2: go for sure, it. Sure, take a shot.
7: It's just a yes, but uh, Brandon Cox
2: and Jason Campbell. Nope. Sorry. And nope. Yeah. Nope and nope. Neither that, ne- neither one. Five, wow. Uh, it's been, wow. It's been more recent than yeah. that. I'll say that. I'll yeah. say that. It has been more recent than that. But... Yeah, those are good guesses though. the no, no. The Cox one is a I've, I noticed on Twitter and in here that was a very popular. I guess think man. both those
0: guys did throw touchdown passes same San Francisco. It has but it's happened. It's then. happened
1: more
2: recently since them.
1: Jason, I don't know in twenty in two thousand three. I don't I, I don't know if Jason threw a touchdown pass in that game. Brandon most certainly did. because yes. of Yes,
0: in a thirty one thirty game. Yes,
1: right. But but the I I don't I don't know about the uh, the. Well, I think Brandon I think Brandon threw a touchdown in the blackout. In, uh, in 2007 as well. But, the, uh, uh, but, but Jason, I, I, I don't know if Jason ever threw a touchdown in, in Sanford Stadium. Maybe he did in 2001. For some reason, yeah. I, I don't think he did in, uh, in, in 2000.
0: No, honestly. he may not have. I just said, you know, he may have. Right. But it's, it's definitely been since then.
1: And what, what do we got? Update us, Drew. Uh, Turn your mic on. So Chris Teal won the ticket. Congratulations, hey! congratulations, Chris! Congratulations, Enjoy. Chris. Tell uh, Tell Jordan if you can for me. Uh, okay. pa- pass, pass that word along. And along. Uh,
0: we'll see if we have some more of those to give away as I we get w- closer to the boogie. We, we might have some week. more. Yeah, we might have some more that's boogie big, tickets. That's to, a big. That's a big gift
1: for the boogie. That's That's right. So we might We might have some more uh, uh, going on for the uh, for, for the boogie, and we should probably give the uh, We should probably give the website out right in case people want to buy. Their yeah, tickets. that's a good idea. And And that website is uh standard you can get uh, tickets to the, uh, the the fall boogie uh, next saturday night uh, up in waverly with a uh, headliner american aquarium 334-321-1390 three,
0: three, three, one, uh, love to hear from you all right auburn auburn going over to athens whereas we've said it it has been it's been almost it's been like a nightmare going mm-hmm. over there for for more than a decade now used to be a place it's hard for some people to realize that You know, before 2007, Auburn owned. It seemed like Auburn always won there. Georgia won at Auburn. That's The road team had winning records at the other team's place. But Georgia has not only won, they've dominated over there for better than a decade now.
2: Yeah, I, I have never seen with my own eyes Auburn play well in Athens. Wow. Uh, in my life That's because uh, your eyes
0: are much younger than mine. <laughs> I I've, I've, I've seen some huge wins over there. Oh yeah.
2: Um I mean, didn't go to the game in 20, but um 18, 16, 14 uh and then um 2011 I went as a student my freshman year. I and, would, oh, yeah.
1: I, no. I was I was stranded uh, by the su- with uh, with a couple other people. We were stranded in a car that had run out of gas. Uh, during the 2005 game, in the middle of in the middle of absolutely <laughs> nowhere, uh, driving uh, driving uh, back. That, and, uh, there, there's some stories about yeah, trips to Athens. I'm right. telling. you. Oh no, this had nothing to do with the game. This this was a, this was a separate thing. My plan was to get somewhere in, in time to watch the game, uh, but I, I had somewhere we had to go that weekend. And uh, lo- long story short, yeah, I end, I end up. Uh, I I'm getting updates on my phone. And we're not in a place with very good cell reception. And this is,
0: this is uh, 2005,
1: yes. too. It's text, not the same. Text messaging is in its relative infancy. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting updates, and, and I'm, I'm getting play-by-play, Bill. And you can imagine that drive in 2005. Mm. Okay, well, now it's, now it's third down. Now All it's right. fourth down. Now it's fourth down. Yeah. And... And oh my god. I no and I, and I it's ra- radio silence for a solid 30 minutes after that. It, hey, now it's fourth down. And I don't got to get anything cuz they
0: probably threw their phone up in the air when when uh, when the pass to a machine. well the pass who was the no the pass was to Courtney, wasn't it? No, I think it was passed to Devin.
1: Isn't it? I think it Devin. Was to the, Devin and and then Courtney it gets and Courtney, Courtney recovered yeah. it. So yeah. I knew those were the two guys, yeah. Right. And and I I imagine the task my friend had in trying to explain that play to someone who didn't see it. Like, hey, here's what happened.
2: Yeah, can you imagine somebody, like, along those lines, can you imagine somebody trying to explain what the kick six was if or, you or didn't mi- see it? Or the miracle, right? Or I mean, the mi- yeah, yeah, you're just like, well, um, they kicked it, and then we had a guy that could return it, and, like, he did, and I didn't even know you could do that. like, Because that was the other thing about the kick six, it only happened a couple other times ever. And it was like there were people I remember after the kick six. Like I didn't even know you could you could return those. And it's like yeah, it's a it's a free kick. Yeah, yeah.
1: I believe Antonio Cromartie. Uh, returned
2: UAB kick. did one at LSU, like a couple years before Auburn did theirs. That's the first one I remember seeing. I
1: think Cromartie did it in the NFL before yeah. in a regular season game before the the kick six. Is that the,
2: was that the time that uh, Gruden lined up for the eighty four yard field goal or you, maybe that classic that classic uh, screenshot but, of like what in the world are they doing?
1: By the way, speaking speaking of Antonio Cromartie, did did you guys know he was on the staff at A and M? Like he's, yeah. he's he's he's, yeah, he's yeah. a corner he's a cornerback's coach uh, for, for for Jimbo at Texas A and I mean that's a
2: Defense is doing well the the
1: well, great credit the greatest high school athlete I've ever seen the, the in, 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 in in my life I saw Antonio Cromartie play a game as a senior he's in high the, school the at what Lincoln. coach uh, cornerback uh, yeah I believe he coaches corners oh, okay.
2: for okay. for Jimbo Fisher because I thought it first A quarterback uh, well, I think
0: that wouldn't make any sense uh, no I
2: think
1: that's uh well
0: is maybe they,
2: maybe I should move him over to quarterback is Damien the quarterback. No, Sears. Uh, okay, yeah, I forget who's
1: the quarterbacks coach here at AM. I think it's the I think it's the new guy, but no, yeah, Antonio. Camardi Look, was Jum- Jumbo
0: has a great recruiting staff. He is a oh, great yeah. recruit. He has a great recruiting staff. That's the best thing you can say about that staff. I think best right high
1: now. school
2: athlete. He was, was the he
1: seen. was the best player. Yeah, he's he's the best athlete I've ever seen as, as a high schooler. I saw yeah, Julio playing. That's pretty
2: school good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I saw Julio play in high school. That was that was pretty pretty crazy. Saw Demarcus Cousins play in high school as well. Hey, yeah, at a basketball camp that I was up.
1: Um, anything you you've gotten to? I know you're, uh I, I know there are sort of limitations on what you're. I don't. I don't know what the rules are with the basketball practice stuff. Yeah. Uh, observations on okay. the basketball team uh, as, as yeah. we have some time before. I the can end give of you segment.
2: some observations yeah. that aren't necessarily practice focused. Lay, yeah. Lay it um, yeah. No. I. I really think this team has has the potential to be as dangerous as the team was last year. It's not going to be as talented, but I think the depth and the physical. The physicality of this team, I think, is going to take them, a long, take them a long way. They're more versatile. They're deeper. They're going to be stronger up front. As good as, I mean, again, Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith, two of the best to ever lace them up at Auburn and will be. Janai Broom, Yohan uh, Treor, Dylan Carwell, Jalen Williams, that is a crew where I think physically Auburn's going to be tougher down low. Um, they're going to be able to kind of bang a little bit more on offense and on defense. We'll see how much that that helps and how how much that kind of expands. They're going to be able to do a little bit more stuff on offense. I think having Jani Broom out there is going to give them, hey, if the if the jump shots aren't falling tonight, dump it down in there and let that guy go to work because he is a really good inside scorer. But I think he also has the athleticism and the versatility to do some of the stuff that you want a rim-running Bruce Pearl center to do. Um, it's the biggest question mark
1: for the, for the team going into the season.
2: The biggest question mark for me right now is the wing um, because now that Chance Westry is – out for the next three to four weeks. Um, that that timetable, by the way, um, would have him coming back either the week of or the week right before the exhibition against UAH. So see how that see how that works out. But with Alan Flanagan's status in question right now, he's not. He's he, I have no other update. He's not with the team at the moment. Um, I feel comfortable in saying that. Um, but with that being the case, and with Westry banged up, it's going to be like okay, where, where are you going to get out of your three? And then well, you're going to go out, offense. You're going to
0: go defense.
2: Right. Do you do you play more three guard lineups? Do you play a guy like Johan Traoré or Jalen Williams out there? We were talking about earlier. It's Chris. I I think Chris Moore has been one of the more impressive guys this offseason. He had a great trip to Israel. Um, played really well in that finale against against the senior nationals. Um, and uh, Bruce Pearl has talked about how good he is has been in the um, you know how good he's been in uh, practices and. He's good, glue guy, hustle guy. Does a lot of small things well. I think you. I think if you have to play him a few more minutes, especially early in the season, you're going to be fine. But it's just what do you get from that wing spot? You know, we know how much that can kind of be a hinge point for this team, especially when your front court is not quite quite the same. But your your back court. Um, I'll give you another. I'll give you another takeaway that I've that I've been able to easily say, and I think we saw some of this in Israel. Wendell Green Jr. is ready to be the leader of this team. I'm getting very big. Jared Harper hitting his sec- entering his second season vibes from him when Jared kind of took over and was the guy. Now, Wendell had a great first season at Auburn, and he had a great first season uh, of college ball at, at Eastern Kentucky. But um, I think the way Wendell J- Green Jr. is handling himself, handling the offense, running the show, uh, he's just shooting the ball well, it looks like, just playing with a lot of confidence over in Israel, Um he is uh, – I think that's going to be a big difference is that you had a really good point guard last year, but I think he's going to be even better this season. I think it's.
0: Uh, I think it says a little bit when you see who's going to represent Auburn at uh, SEC Media Days. Oh, yeah, it's going to be
2: Wendell and KD. Yeah, KD uh, down almost 20 pounds, looking a lot more explosive, looking lighter on his feet. Um, I think they're going to be able to be more aggressive in their backcourt this year, both on offense and defense. I think one of the fun questions that you're going to get coming into the season, uh, personally, is – Starting lineup: Do you start Zeb Jasper at the two, or do you start Katie Johnson at the two? And I don't think you can go wrong either way. Um, you kind of saw some of this last season, but I the, I think the comp still stands up. Go back to the Big Three era, so to speak, of the Oklahoma City Thunder with Katie and Russ and um, James Harden. Uh, those teams, the team that made it, you know, as, as deep as it did, um, that team started Thabo Afalosha off the bench, uh, started and then brought Harden off the bench. If you go with Zep Jasper as your starter and bring Katie off the bench, I think you get some similarity because you start with defense. You start with duty is going to have a really good assist turnover ratio. And then let Katie Johnson be your spark plug for your second unit. That'd be a really fun lineup. But then if you want, if, if Katie's ready to be that guy and be a more consistent player, I mean, go back to Auburn's wins last season. Statistically Auburn's wins last season, um, Katie Johnson was your third most impactful player behind uh, Jabari and, uh, and and Walker. Um, it's just in the losses he had really rough games. Mm-hmm. talked about He talked to us the other day about how he had re injured his hand in that Georgia game, and his shot really fell off from there. You can see it statistically; like, like it oh, just you're it right. changes. I mean, first half of the SEC season, he was hit, nearly shooting forty percent from deep and was banging them in from the corner. Well, that's, I mean, and, and he was nearly a forty percent shooter at Georgia. Yeah, so can he be more consistent? Can he be that way? Um, it would be interesting to see. Yeah, it's just, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun team, and they and they have a runway this season. When you look at it, they they will get to kind of figure some things out these first few games. Not as tough, and then when you play the road game, you play at Memphis. That Memphis game is gonna be a really big test early on. USC, Washington, uh, and then the SEC, SEC play will be a whole US, lot fun. USC's
1: got a scary situation going on, right? So there was a highly highly regarded true freshman who, I think it's like a heart issue or something. You know what, we'll, we'll go to break and I don't want to, I'll, I'll, we'll clarify that because I probably shouldn't have said, oh, by the way, there's maybe a um, one of Auburn's opponents maybe has a key player going through a heart situation right now. But no, I, I believe that's true of like one of the uh, one, one of the top players who signed with USC is, is now now his status. Is in question, which, uh, and, and also, I think that is that game going to be on Pac 12 network, which is such a bummer. If, uh, if part of the reason why I'm think thinking about going to the one, game. <laughs> one of the, t- I know they announced one of the two games that Auburn's going to play on the West Coast is going to be on the Pac 12 mm, network, I believe which it is, is just, probably, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, not that, good that for is, us for sure. Yeah, because no, or, or anybody yeah. else because nobody gets that network. All right,
0: we will get to our final break of the afternoon. Uh, still time for you to join in as we uh, wind it down here on the Thursday drive.
5: Live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome
0: back in, final few minutes. Of the Thursday Drive with Bill, Dan, and Justin Ferguson. Uh, One more time, Justin, while we've got a little bit, let everybody know what's coming up on the Observer.
2: Yeah, we got a big uh, mailbag tomorrow, answered a lot of your questions about Auburn football and men's basketball. We'll have coverage over the weekend from Georgia. I'll be in Athens. Uh, We'll have a podcast kind of to recap everything that goes on on Sunday. And yeah, uh, we will see what all unfolds this weekend. Um, go to alpineobserver. dot com. Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year to sign up, and uh, everything we do gets sent straight to your email inbox. And you can check out all the stories we've done this week so far on the site. Heading to Athens. Head to Athens. Yep, I'll be I'll be uh, heading up there tomorrow night. And
0: uh, like we've said, it it has been really really tough. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, Georgia has not played yeah. extremely well the last couple of games. This, that, that's not great news this in my mind.
2: Georgia offense is is is, is not clicking right now. There's a, it's a little. Why, why off. are they Why are they wanting to throw the ball yeah, as much as know. they seem to want? They to. they seem to be a little off. Um, Auburn's defense has played pretty good football. I think the last couple of weeks, not perfect, but. You know winning football, so Auburn's chance of making this a sloppy, low-scoring, ugly game maybe a little bit better than usual, just because Georgia's offense isn't really killing it at the moment. Is um, is, is there off, is there offensive line? Maybe their offensive line's been bagged up. Yeah. Um, they're not they're not necessarily leaning on the running game a ton at this point. Uh, Ad Mitchell is hurt. They don't really have a. I mean, or I'm sorry. Yeah, Ad Mitchell's hurt, and then uh, I believe. Um, uh, shoot, the kid that tore Auburn up last year, um, Lad McConkie, uh, has been banged up as well. So they're dealing with injuries on offense. They haven't kind of been firing on all cylinders. Missouri took advantage of that last week. I think if Auburn def- as Auburn's defense plays like it has played the last couple of weeks, they-, they will have a chance to hang around in this game. It's just going to be the offensive side. And Georgia's defense is really good. They're really good up front, even without Jalen Carter. Um, they've got one of the best pass defenses in the country. And it's a place where Auburn. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is, who your head coach is, who your offensive coordinator is. It's just been really tough for them to get anything going. So, so, so
0: you were probably uh, you, you probably raised your eyebrows when Brandon Council made his comments. Yesterday.
2: I yeah, a little inside baseball here. I didn't tweet that quote originally because I didn't. I wanted to make sure I got that right. Yeah, so it's like, when you hear I understand, like, it's, it's like, like are you, what did he really say that, or did I hear that wrong? And then we all kind of looked at each other, and so as soon as the interview was over. You go back and check the tape, and it's like, yeah, that's what he said. Um, so, no, I, I, I would tend to disagree with Brandon Council in the fact that uh, they don't trust their interior line because they're all really good players, and, and they've recruited really well up front. So, Jenna Carter's a big loss. Oh, yeah, no but, question. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still Georgia. It's still Georgia's defensive front. It's still a Kirby Smart defense. Um, yeah, if Auburn has any prayer in this game, it's, it's, I think it's maybe a defensive touchdown uh, maybe a big special team's play, and then on offense it 's like you can like, can you sustain anything
0: don 't turn the ball over auburn i mean that 's the thing. turnover ratio auburn 's near the bottom of the nation, and they just can't they can 't have that again i mean that all that does is make it tougher brett we 've got about a minute what 's going on hey bill
3: um,
7: i didn 't get to hear a lot of the first part of the show other than what was in the article Do, do
3: you know much about Westry?
2: Yeah, it was uh I'll answer is uh he, he had to have his knees scoped. Um it seemed like he tweaked something uh here here recently and they wanted to clean it up uh right now and, and they had a little bit of a runway. Um he is uh like three to four weeks he'll be out. That puts him coming back around the exhibition. So they're hope hopefully he will be ready for the season opener.
4: Right. That's why I
7: was so interested in uh Flanagan yesterday. I'd heard uh, some people talking about with yeah. Hopefully, both of them will
4: be back by
0: then. That would be nice. Appreciate it, Brett. We're out of time here on the uh, Thursday Drive. Uh, Justin, you mentioned what's coming up. Uh, let everybody know one one more time. Yeah,
2: how how they can get the Observer. Yeah, arborobserver Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. Go there, click on a story, podcast. Where, easy way to sign up. Everything we do gets sent to your email inbox. I just want everybody to point out that I went all the way through the show without bragging about the Atlanta Braves winning their fifth straight NL yeah. title, but we've done it. Can't Playoff wait. start baseball. You know, I can't wait the for the playoffs. Baseball yeah, all but day tomorrow. You know, a I lot of baseball. Praying, the- I am praying for the Phillies to beat the Cardinals. Not because I, I don't. I disrespect the Phillies, but I want no part of that Albert Pujols' last Ooh. playoffs. Yeah, I, I want you. none of that.
0: We have Pujols, Wainwright, Molina. That's going to be some dark magic. I don't want it. We're out of time. Have a good one, everybody.